Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, Season 3, Episode 2. Thank you to Big Pipe Broadband for sponsoring this episode. Uh, you guys know the drill by now. If you're in New Zealand, you have access to the single greatest ISP on planet Earth. No throttling of your family or your speeds. No caps, no contracts. They barely exist, except to bring you bloody fast and cheap broadband. Uh, go to bigpipe.co.nz and get involved there. And use the code WORST when you sign up because it shows them that you listen to us and it's, it's good for everybody. Uh, right, so we did a live record of our second watch and I've got to apologize for both the state of the audio and kind of the state of Guy and myself as well. Um, don't know what to tell you. Our recorder failed. Luckily, Guy recorded it on his cell phone. So this is the audio from that. So just uh, just get on board. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. Um, Guy and I did this fairly late at night as well, so we both done our respective comedy shows that night and then immediately watched the movie, and then we did this, so things got a little loose. I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, just, you know, just enjoy it. Just make the decision to enjoy it. Here it is. This is that theme song, motherfuckers. Break it. How good is that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the worst idea of all time. First live record 2016. Are you ready to party? My name is Tim Mack. My name is Guy Montgomery. And I'm ready to party. What's going on in the club, Tim? Everyone's here, they're up to their gills and molly. It's a goddamn bloodbath down here, the drug bath. Yeah, I'm gonna start stopwatch because I feel in the kind of mood to really lose track of time this evening. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Guy Montgomery and myself have just watched the movie We Are Your Friend, Zach Efron, 2015. You wanna know the director? Can't remember his name, but he was that guy from uh, The Fish Thing. What's it called? Ken Fish. Ken Fish. Max Joseph. This is less fun with an audience. They keep correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> you fall down a rabbit hole of being wrong and exploring, dwelling at it. No, it's good. It's efficient. <laughs> it is efficient. And uh, that's our word of the day. Efficient. <laughs> it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. You've got to go crazy when the word of the day gets spoken. And the word of the day is efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> because efficiency is what this film is all about. Efficient storytelling and filmmaking. So much gets done so quick. I love this movie. 
There's no getting around it. This is, uh, it's a great film. It's a lovely film. It's a film that's not too long, which is... You know what? It's, more than anything, it's a watchable film. You could watch this movie, any of you could watch this movie every morning, and it would feel so good. It would feel so right. If you were on a plane watching this movie to go to anywhere, you would touch down and be like, I'm going to be a DJ now, and wherever I touch down. If I was going to DJ the George FM Sky Island Blue... Blue Throwdown. Quick shout out, quick shout out to Georgie Fair. Quick shout out to Georgie Fair. Blue, blue Sky Out. Bo, 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 coming to your Georgie Also, we're gunning super hard for. <laughs> we're gunning real hard for Max Key as a special guest this season. It's not a joke, it's true. He'll be here one time, we'll get him. It's good promo. It'll be good for. It's good for everyone involved, really. Cut the house Max. lights, please, Gabe. I don't want. To, I want to pretend like no one's here with me. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but there's still like six people. Do you want to know what's real? It's <laughs> even weirder. You want to know what's real freaky? The those are the people who are in that exact same table. I'm sure. Our front center for Monty this evening. The front center triple header. They're a threat. They're Three of them played my family members. It's <laughs> mum, dad, and my sister. Holy shit! A lot of people don't know what we're talking about. Just um, real episode. Yeah, but it's rocking those four people super fucking hard. Ever so briefly to bring you into the fold, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're listening. And in Brazil, I say hello. They say hello in Brazil. Um, that is Brazilian for hello, which is their national language. Just to let you it's not Portuguese. Yeah. Common misconception that, eh? Yeah. A lot of people think that Brazilian isn't the national language. A lot of people are ignorant, Tim. But not you and me. We're a couple of smart boys. Absolutely. Using our brains in the best way possible. Fuck we're researching it. constantly. Because we've been everywhere and we've done everything. We have lived, I think, rich and fulfilling lives. Do you remember the time we fought in a war? Oh, do I ever? Those were heady times, Tim. Oh, it was intense. But we were brave. We were brave boys. We went straight over the top. Absolutely. And we bloody kicked the Bosch out of New Zealand. Didn't we? Oh, right off the shores. We there, said, we, right. there we were. Two plucky young boys from future Australia. And the great Tasman War of 2020. Yeah. For those of you uninitiated who haven't time travelled before, and sorry about it, have you ever been on the journey? In the year 2019, Australia declares war on New Zealand to try and claim it as a territory. And uh, it doesn't turn out very well for New Zealand. Guy and I had the foresight to fight for Australia. <laughs> Thank God. We're not idiots. They're way bigger. Absolutely. And they're angrier too. Generally speaking, they're just angrier people. I just want to give people context for the thing we were talking about before, though. Um, Guy's got a solo comedy show on at the moment. I've got a solo comedy show on at the moment. So it's all it's just running at the moment. Guy's got a thing where he has a, some family members up on stage who he selects from the audience. I just wanted to tell everyone. So they're all part of it. That's good. That's good. For anyone in the future. For anyone in the room live, it's probably a little dreary. But I tell you what, the context for those listening right now on the bus, not now in the room, uh, <laughs> stay with us here. Uh, Guy Montgomery, we've now seen We Are Your Friends twice. It gets not better every time. Right? <laughs> Jesus. This movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, like, within 15 minutes of this movie, Tim Bat looked at me square in the eyes with the biggest signs I've ever seen him have. And he said, this is the Citizen Kane of our generation. And I wasn't wrong. It was only 15 minutes into my second watch. And like, 
the whole way through the second watch, I am not taking it back. It is so good. Everyone's doing their fucking job on this movie, man. I was hearing sound effects that weren't part of the film that got added in, and they sound crisp and lovely. I was sound effects that weren't part of the film (laughs) that got added in. Yeah. You mean mean like sound effects? Yeah. Exactly. Someone took that seriously. Someone was like, oh fuck, I'm on sound effects, then I'll do it. And that's a refreshing change from Grown Ups 2 and Sex in the City 2. There was noise and noise. I do agree though. I feel like everyone sort of, there was, it felt like there was a different energy on set. Yeah. Like, you know, when we were there working on it uh, yeah. as, as sound recorders, we were doing Foley, we were doing everyone sound effects, was, which I thought were great in the film, by the way. It was, it was really very good. similar to the vibe of the Titanic, which I was also on. Which is that everyone knew that they were working on something special and they were pulling their weight and they were a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. That's was, what working on this film There was a real like energy too. about it and you, could, and you could feel it was a big opportunity for a lot of different people involved. Obviously, Zac Efron, I think he's going to be a big star. Um, hey, can I let you guys into a secret real quick? Turns out Zac Efron is a really good actor. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Baywatch, everyone is written off as being some sort of reboot nostalgia cash grab. No, no, no. I actually think this could be quite a fine piece of cinema. I, I read an interview with Zac Efron today in the uh, in popular international sort of the rag, uh, the New Zealand Herald, and it's written by a really good author, uh, anonymous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> close personal friend. Did it happen by no. then, or did you just not remember? I don't remember. Do you remember I just remember. I was just insane. If it was written by the anonymous, then it'd be good, like the anonymous and keep <laughs> hacking people and just sending out really broad left wing media reports yeah, that look like they've hacked They've hacked old media. What the hell send to print is by all accounts the newspaper they've written, but once it gets printed is somehow. An anonymous newsletter. They're furious. I mean, the the heads are rolling. They never forgive and they never forget. Those are the two things I know about anon. That's what we call it. This you you go on, little guy. Do you know we used to have a rule for this podcast? (laughs) And the rule was you're not allowed to get drunk on the first ten watches of the film. And we have quickly disregarded that for the third season. And I apologise for that, but we'll try and pull it back. Than the other ones, but this is a live record. I feel like exceptions will be made. It's very sorry, and I'm a very tired boy. <laughs> You're Are you a tired little boy too? No, couple of tired boys on stage. Tim is absolutely fucking jacked, bro. He doesn't know what he's saying. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's a really good movie, and I see this even as in credits rolling, is because it ends on that sort of triumphant anthem that Zac Efron writes to uh, win over the hearts and souls. We won at Summerfest, which is. Just, <coughs> really didn't ring well the name of the festival for me. Summerfest, Summerfest is the least original name for a festival Summerfest. in the world. That was a placeholder. Isn't Summerfest the name of the thing that happens here in New Zealand that the Edge puts on? Is that Summerfest? Yeah. Or what? Oh, Summer, Summer Jam. jam. That Summer That's Jam's a bit more fun. Like, there was Preserves, first... dried fruit. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Sure. If your first thought is Summerfest, your second thought is Summer Jam. Right. And you should always go with the second idea with this kind of thing, because it's a more evolved idea. 
they write Simon Fierce down. Someone's like, okay, we need a name. We like this is the big climax of the movie. This is when Zac Efron or Zacoli or Troy, whatever you want to fucking call them, proves himself. Where Trey come from? High School Musical, 10 year anniversary. Right. Can I admit something to you now? Can I be vulnerable with you? I've not seen High School Musical. Don't worry, I've seen it at least 10 times on behalf of both of us. Really? It is a fucking excellent bit of movie right there. I don't doubt that. It combines my two newly favourite things. Musical theatre, which I've known that I've loved for a while. But I didn't know I loved Zac Efron. Oh, but I do. What, what, what? You know, what, what can we say about this boy? He's a good boy. <laughs> He's a talented boy. He's a hot boy. There's a sex scene in the movie between Zac Efron and Emily uh, Sophie. <laughs> the name of the character in the film. It'll say perfectly enough for us Emily's surname in real life. And uh, they, they sort of, they passion, they make out. It looks like a really, like they're on drugs and the music's going boom, and they're sprinting past slot machines. It looks like a real party. And you're watching them make out and you're like, oh, who, because these are both super, like, on the scale of sexually charged looking people with the right editing and, you know, post-production. It's powerful stuff and you're just watching it and you're like, oh, who's more excited about this? Because they are both peeking out right now. But, like... <laughs> They're on each other's level, and you said to me, and I'm running it down. You, I said, don't, you don't have to remind me, I know what I said. What do you say? Guy, you've made a mess in your pants. <laughs> no, but that's not what you got me to write down. <laughs> oh no, what did I get you surprised? I don't remember. You said you wish Zach Efron was gay. <laughs> oh, yes! Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. <laughs> so excited am I, I've reverted to my 16 year old set. Well, that's it in your social watch high school musical because it's a fucking awesome Fuck movie. Yeah, I watch it now. Like, I just need that. All I need is the time. That's the only variable that I require. You know, you watch this goddamn movie every thing. week. You make Here's all type of high school musical. Here's the thing, Gamal Gomre. Here's the thing about it. The reason why I wanted Zaki Front to be a little more in character, not offensive. <laughs> <laughs> The shroud of the character. Don't <laughs> 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 I? Yes. Yeah, yes, you're correct. Yes, yes, yes. You're in the safe space. Yes, yes, yes. It's because, um... Where is this guy gone? <laughs> <laughs> Rick and Bag. I want to hear what he thinks about marriage equality. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Zac Efron is... I've noticed him as being quite a talented actor. But what I was very reserved about was does he really love Emily Sophie in real life as a human being or is he acting? And the most of me wants to wish that he's just a really good actor. But there's a little portion of me going Zac Efron's not a good actor at all. He wants to be a DJ. He wants to have sex with Sophie. And so all he's doing is being his natural self. <laughs> and so, so you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me. Instead of even prayers on our lad, Zekole, we should be chastising him for being shite at his profession, which is acting. I think it's just good management. I think they know he's vulnerable and they said, Oh, hi, Zach. Do you want to be a part of a documentary? 
And he said to them, he said, oh, I, I love a good documentary. <laughs> I'm a very smart boy. <laughs> as sure as the sun comes up in the east, <laughs> I know this to be true. I want to be in a doco. <laughs> I feel like that is always the We've probably run at school. <laughs> Why haven't? Yeah, but you, we've gone down, we milked that. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I was supposed Coffee to send that stopwatch on at the start of this, and I didn't. I got you. We've been going for 14 minutes and <laughs> 5 seconds exactly. Some would say it feels like a lot longer up here. Or less. I feel like we've barely ripped the scam off this thing. Because it's a hell of a movie. And I can't wait to tell you why. So, what did you think about the movie this time? I've expressed a little something something about what I thought on the second watch. What do you think, guys? Uh, no, I agree. I found it really, yeah. When you said Zach Efron's a good actor, I couldn't have agreed more. I thought he did a really good job. I thought it was really good at the end of the movie it's Summerfest which is impossible to get past there's a time for something and if there is anything in New Zealand called Summerfest that's bad news because summer you're just like okay okay what, is, well, what have we got here what are we working with what are the, what are the raw materials that we're promoting here it's going to happen in December or summer as we call the season and it's going to what we're going to do is we're going to get a lot of different tents different people we're going to try and get them around it's going to be a festival <laughs> This summer festival. It's too long Done. for a hashtag. No, it isn't. <laughs> Drop the evil. That's what everyone thinks, but you've got to think counterculture in this day and age. It's 2016. It's hashtag 2016. And when people are hashtagging that these days, they spell out 2016 in letters. Because <laughs> the hashtag 2016 starting with a T, not a 2 thing to do is create a hashtag that is obscenely long and then your word economy becomes absurd. You thought 160 characters was too little? You thought 140 was too little? <laughs> How about we chuck a fucking massive hashtag in there and you have to communicate all the information requisite for people to get to your goddamn show, get them excited, give them the call to action and like 30 letters. <laughs> What is like the comment say to that? He says, challenge accepted. Go Montgomery would wimp out because he's a big, wimpy boy. I'm a big, brave, I'm a big brave boy with a big heart. I've been drinking a lot of milk. Um, I've been growing my bones. I know, I know what I'm doing. I know what's good for me. And what I was going to say, Tim, is that uh, I was really excited when you said Zach Efron is a, is a good actor. Yes. And I, I couldn't have agreed more. And at the time in the film, it's Summerfest, uh, when he's, he plays his final song. And this is... If you buy into the movie, this is genuinely the emotional climax of the film. Like, he is. He's been through some stuff. This very good friend, Squirrel, who Tim himself identifies as. Tim, whenever we watch yeah. the movie, which is twice, he always says, I'm Squirrel, bro. And whenever Squirrel's on the screen, he goes, That's me, bro. <laughs> and it's not even out of pride. It's just, it's just, it's like begrudging. It's like, ah, I'm him. It's sad. Because he's the. He is the squirrel of the group. Like, he's the little weaselly cunt. Good reason. There's not even a weaselly... He's a... <laughs> like... Sorry to throw the same word out there. I don't mean to do that. I think when you're describing yourself as a weaselly cunt, I think you're in the clear. It's just sad, man. I think it reflects poorly on me that I self-identify with the squirrel. I think it's fine. I don't really like squirrel in the movie. He's, he's definitely... He's the guy who's, like, thinking big picture, but he dies... In the film, he's the only one who dies. And this, in the universe of We Are Your Friends, only one person dies, and it's Squirrel, and that's it. But it had to be Squirrel. They fleshed out his character the least. 
That's true, actually. He just drove his mum, he drove them all around in his mum's car, and he liked to smoke weed at the beach. And they're like, no, there's no way to resolve this character. We're just giving him a drug overdose show and get him the fuck out of there. Like, there's a trope in filmmaking that you ax the African American uh, character, and it's like, nowhere is it more evident than in Halloween. Uh, I was is saying, it H2O? Is was, that the one that's like 20, the 20 year anniversary one? And LL Cool J is like the guest star, and they fucking nix him straight away in the movie. Does he say it out loud in the movie? Uh, He might reference it actually, yeah, I think so. It's like, it's that common that they nix him. There's solely white dudes crushing it in this film, so they have to kill Squirrel. They're like, well, we're going to sacrifice someone, and Squirrel's the most expendable person of our white breed of merry men, so they have to fucking nix him. Yeah. And, 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 and they're, they're right in doing so because they didn't kill Squirrel quite literally just watch four guys who are doing fine in the valley all they do <laughs> for, is forever always yeah and just then, like here are, five, here are four dudes who are cool and they're a little bit cooler it's, it's not a movie so it's like here's four dudes who are cool and now here's three dudes who are cooler but guess what it came at cost <laughs> here are the best movies off the top of my head Titanic that's a movie about a woman and man. You said you worked on it. You're still promoting. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you, I know for a fact you worked on the Titanic. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember. You're always going on about how you worked on the Titanic. You genuinely don't remember how you're going on about it. You can't, can't make me know that I have the ability to time travel. It's not a good thing to get out there. It creates all the complications. People ask for a lot of favors. If I'm not pick, giving away anything that hasn't already been said, bro. If I was to pick my favourite movies, I'd start with Titanic. And that's not a clue. <laughs> because that's a movie about two people just like getting on a boat, having a real dark time, coming from like different places, and then ultimately ending in the same place, right? So it's a journey. The same place that they end up is essentially a popsicle. Except for Rose, who makes that alive. Oh, no joke. Here's another great film. Terminator 2. Robots. Robots time traveling. Uh, some other people. Sarah Connor just trying to, like, change the future that's already been preset for her. Everyone starts from a place, they end up in a different place. That's what makes a movie. And We Are Your Friends, if Skrill didn't die, is just four dudes who live in Los Angeles, California, who start off pretty cool and then end up in the exact same position. You need some sacrifice. Does Skrill even make it? As a DJ? Yeah. I mean, he plays a summer fest when he plays such a fucking dagger of a track that it's like... I get that that's his debut on the world stage. Like, that's him trying to present himself to All and Sundry, but he All the fails. fucking idiots who bought a ticket to see Summerfest. Who <laughs> bought a ticket to see the least original festival, by, which, by the way, the organisers didn't even think to create any sort of hype or music in between acts. They quite literally hired DJs and then just put out 30-minute blocks of silence with a bunch of people standing in a fucking I've actually come around to that, though. Since we last talked about it, it's kind. It's a. It's if you think about it, if you know you're going to something fucking hype, which apparently is the word we use now. <laughs> you're the only. You're the only one who used it. Well, I'm stuck. It's like cool. Let's get started. Someone's gonna start it. You are prepared to wait the like fifteen to twenty to thirty seconds of silence in anticipation to just fucking get ready. 
No way, man. You get a room full of, or a car park full of drugged up 20 year olds who are like just in this weird heightened sense of reality and all they're hearing is loud music and then in the middle of it when they're all just freaking out, you're like, boom, the fabric of reality, boom, gone. Yeah, it's just you and your thoughts, you freaky 20-year-olds on drugs. How's that fucking music festival going for you? You are not wrong. That is a disaster. Silence is a cruel mistress to throw on a crowd that has just been engaging in some hedonistic bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Chemicals and gyrations. But, yeah, to you can't yeah, rub it up on right, strangers man. in broad daylight at 20 years old in silence. That is like... Not wrong. Kryptonite to 20-year-olds. <laughs> not wrong at all. Um... Um, I want to talk about something, and uh, I made you write down the words Van and Wilder, and the reason for that was... <laughs> you always are going on about Van Wilder. Well, I brought it up, I think, in the old potty before, because Van Wilder was a movie that meant a lot to me. The origin story was, I think, this is how it happened. Yeah, this is how I found out about the movie Van Wilder. I wouldn't have even known about it. You were a teenager at a video store. <laughs> My older brother who was at university at the time, was like, every time I can't be bothered going to uni, I watch this film, and then I go to a couple classes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's breaking in the dough now. My brother's doing fine, thanks for asking. That is a miracle, because all the evidence you've just presented, he sounds like the biggest idiot. But he gave me it on DVD, like, as a present for a birthday or Christmas or something. <laughs> yeah, watch it. And I was like... Here you go, little brother. Everything's gonna be just fine. But I got it. That's the thing about it. Like, I got it. I watched that movie. I was like, yes, dude. Absolutely. I understand. And it probably didn't hurt that Ryan Reynolds had been predisposed to me through two guys a girl in a pizza place, which was an amazing series. I don't think it's enough credit. What is what? Okay, what was good about that show? Ryan Reynolds, I just did. But the other dude was good. Actually, all three of them were good. The other what, dude. Yeah, that other dude was super memorable. I thought. I thought all that other dude's work was really great. Listen, my point is, Deadpool's a great film, we should have supported it. He was sitting on that script for a long ass time. Um, I can't remember where it's gone with that. You oh, were yeah, talking Van about Wilder. Okay, so Van Wilder. So that was a movie where like, I watched it when I was a bit younger, and... Am I told the story about the media studies class on this party? Yes, you Wilder? people... Does, is anyone does, does that ring the most? Yeah, it Shut down! <laughs> and because one I person suddenly... knows, no one else will ever know. I feel like the itchy and scratchy animators when they're called on the rip making different numbers <laughs> on the same line. That's <laughs> the yeah, meanest thing you can say to a fucking legend <laughs> who's watched three consecutive hours of this bullshit. Well, if you didn't catch that sly reference, uh, check out season one once again. Replay the whole thing. That's what it was. Um, uh, my point was, Van Wilder is a film that came into my life, I liked it a lot at a particular time, I recognised that it was a bad old movie, and this is in a similar frame for me, because it's like the movie isn't flawless, there's a lot of weird shit to it, in particular, um, a guy who Guy and I have lovingly referred to as Jarhead, his real name's Mason, but he's bald, so I thought he looked like... Jack Gyllenhaal from Jarhead he's a bad, Jar. He's also one of the few things that's wrong with this movie He's a bad guy, he's a bad egg I've got a bad feeling about him I don't think he's good for the boys I think he's really a toxic influence um, I think he's controlling 
I don't like him. I don't care for him. And I'm sorry if he's one of your close friends. As long as you're hanging out with him, I'm not hanging out with you, man. I don't want to say it's a Coley. I really like his dude. I think you're a cool guy. Yeah. But I can't, I can't be part of your documentary because I really don't like this guy, Mason, you've been spending time with. The guy, the guy cannot abide at all to the Mason jar. Jade is a dude who, very early on in the film, like about 20 minutes in, um, he's like hassling this woman who's a, uh, like, a, like a door person, like a, they have the list. This is super yeah. dark, by the way. For everything we've seen, this could have been Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This is super dark time. I think I'll misquote it though. I don't think I'll get quite the intention. You'll get close it. enough. It's a fair so, thing. Fucking, there's a brief shot where he hands her some people to add to the door list. Blah, blah, blah. She's doing her job. Sicoli's doing some DJing. The night ends. <coughs> Jarhead follows the woman home. It's like on a street somewhere. It's just street lights illuminating the pavement. And he comes up for and starts harassing her. And she says, stop. I will sleep with you, but on two conditions. Number one, that you recognise this is pity sex, and I will never admit to it having happened. I don't even remember what point And number two, point two is. you shut the fuck up. Yeah. And it's like, there's no way to have sex with someone. And man. so, but the whole, all the other boys, they're all having a cool time, they're having like super awesome consensual talking of sex. And <laughs> like, Zicoli's on PCP at this weird art gallery, and everything's kind of in the cartoon. And then the, so the same music and vibes so it's like, yeah, the boy's doing it. And then it's like this door lady being harassed, being like, hey, fine, fine. What it, you've been harassing me for a long time. Fine. That's aside from that, it's a great movie. Susan came by generation. It's, uh, <laughs> no, let's dwell on this for a moment more. It's a bad thing that happens. And it's one of the real missteps of this movie, but it's so broad <laughs> deep and uh, meaningful that I feel like it drags the rest of the movie down. And I'm almost tempted to say, like, 
This movie, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes has got 48%. And I feel like that percentage has been dragged down by just a couple of bits in the film which let the rest of it down. Because as a complete work of art, fine. <laughs> it exists. Well, as a, as, a, as a work of art, it is undeniably and categorically a work of art. Um, <laughs> and you can really see that that's what they were going for. I mean... It's a joy to be around. Working on the film as we did. The PCP. Uh, everyone involved right. was really excited. The PCP was really cool. And what's really cool about the PCP but is we were on the set making the movie uh, doing the sound effects. Uh, Max, the, the director, he made sure everyone was on PCP. Everyone involved. Everyone within a 50 kilometre radius. He got a whole, we got a whole suburb. Uh, I had never done it before. No, and, and a lot of people thing. haven't done it since on account. They, they haven't done anything since. They just sit in a, in a white room with windows, eating crackers. Uh, like, it ruined a lot of people's lives. But it was a really hey, good... the important thing is, though, it was definitely worth it to birth this. Oh, well, That's well, how I feel when I'm making a film. I get impregnated by the idea, I do some PCP, <laughs> I gestate, and then nine months later a film appears, and I'm like, yeah. Biology. <laughs> Filmmaking. Hashtag film making. It's like 17 characters, probably. Hashtag film making 17 characters. <laughs> How many characters is that? Tons. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But no, I, th- I just think that ultimately this movie is, is a good thing for society. I think it, it reaches out to our essential long lessons. What? Uh, it's a real mirror for society. I feel like you ran a lot of syllables together at once. It's, it's, it's a real mirror for society. A mirror for society. Can we just keep the basics in on this podcast, dude? Like, enunciation isn't hard. I think we can all agree. Enunciation is not a tricky thing to do. So let's all do it. A mirror for society. Not a mirror for society. <laughs> <laughs> you mocking me? Yeah. Is it what's happening? Yeah. Okay. Real mature. Yeah. <laughs> gonna be in a, I'm going to run around the block with you by delivering some quality content. <laughs> um... <laughs> Have you guys yeah. ever been in love before? <laughs> because I feel like this movie does the best No one job. in this room has been in love before, by the way. Who's listening at home? We've got about, I don't know, at least 60 people in here. And of this 60, none of them. No one. This has got to be the saddest group of people in the fucking world. That's why you're here. Don't you does them. So ask that question is because you should probably explain the concept of love to this room full of miserable. We'll do that in a minute. But first, just this film does the best job of depicting love in cinema since Baz Luhrmann's crack at Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like the way that he captures being on drugs and wanting to bash someone right on the face. For my money, is on the money. It's all money, all the time. It's money, baby. To wow. borrow the term phrase from Vince Vaughn. It's someone who hasn't tried... Any Swingers fans in the audience? No? 
three people. So it hasn't tried. It hasn't tried. We'll never, never try drugs. I would like to say that I think you should probably explain what that's like. Which drugs? Love. Any drugs. Well, love is the drug. And love is a drug that is very similar to ketamine. That's <laughs> why it makes horses go to sleep. It does. Horses. Put a horse in front of a rom-com, they will have a nap. That is a so-called fact. That's why with horses they give the super long lashes to the male horses. If you see really long lashes on horses, on the male horse. Because if they gave it to the female horses, male horses would just fall asleep constantly and we couldn't have horse racing. Be or any more horses. Yeah. Because wild horses are still primitive with regards to, you know, being compared to humans, uh, sexual assault and rape is still real in the horse community. And accordingly, you can't have sleep with a horse. You can't have sex with a horse that's asleep. And you can't have sleep with a horse that's a sex. I mean, there's a. Hashtag, just could you please seek some consent? <laughs> horse scent. Horse scent is also an exciting new fragrance being released <laughs> to myself. It's the smell of a horse who's had sex and fallen asleep. Uh, horse scent. Where did we come from? I can't remember what the point of was supposed to come out. Very hard to keep up. There's a lot of other notes. I can't bring them up on my phone because I'm recording this as a safety, but you should bring them up because there's a lot to talk about and we did write it down. I don't know. They're available on your phone. I sent it to you on your phone. Okay. I'm a good guy. I'm a good smart guy. I plan ahead. I'm a good boy. Tim's also a good boy. We're a couple of good boys, a couple of tight boys. Uh, I'll tell you Zach Efron's going to be a big star. <laughs> yeah, oh, you laugh and no you laugh right now. There's no retreating the notes from this one. It's not going to happen. <laughs> well, rest assured, they were good notes. <laughs> At this point, we're freestyling, which is what we do most episodes. It's kind of, it's, it's an unusual feeling being yeah, on the episode. Of course, I'll underwater. Episode two in front of a live audience has put an interesting angle on the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. One You're person fine. was on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is my boy. As you were, so. I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought. It's just like, it's interesting because you, you, you jump on the Facebook or whatever, you jump on the subreddit, jump on the live crowd, and you're like, do you know what? I think you guys. <laughs> I think you guys have really lost it with this uh, final season, this latest season, because it's not such a bad film. I watched the film and I enjoyed it. And it's like, do you know what? Maybe, maybe you were right. <laughs> you know what? I don't feel like that at all. I feel like maybe you're wrong. Maybe the last season of the podcast is about us just having a great time with, yeah. with the fucking boys. Yes. They just want Zach Efron to be a good DJ. I mean, Two fuck boys from New Zealand. Who doesn't want Zach Efron to be a really good DJ? On a weekly basis with four fuckboys from Los Angeles, California. There's no better recipe for success in terms of a podcast than that. We should rename the podcast Some Fuckboys. <laughs> that should be what it's called from here on in. Because I feel everyone's like having fun. Some Fuckboys is bigger than one podcast. That's the name for a whole podcast network. <laughs> and everything in its goddamn stable. Can I ask you a question? You know how Squirrel dies for the good of the boys, so that they can continue to be lads? Swear to boys, swear to boys! Is it worth this podcast for one of us to fucking cock it? And if so, pick one of us. And bear in mind that you're one of them. 
I would choose uh, for myself to die, and for one reason, one reason only, because within the confines and rules and world of the podcast, they require you as the murderer to then stand up and deliver a roast <laughs> at my funeral. You are forgetting a. I thought you'd forgotten about that actually. You're forgetting a key component of that, which is that I have to seek the permission of both your parents. Well, well Stephen think... and Charlotte have to agree to me roasting you <laughs> post mortem for, for it to happen. I should do it now, preemptively. They can just play the recording on it. Should I do it? Yeah. I'm gonna take that. I haven't written anything now. I'm gonna stand up for this. I'm gonna sit for the What are you doing? Are you roasting me? Yes, dude. Oh, that's not cool, man. No, no. Are you okay with it? We're alive. Yeah, are you okay with it? We're having a good time alive. I feel like it's important. Are you down with this? If you feel like it's important, I guess it must be important. Here's my first joke. I've got Montgomery and I get a very conditional approval system. Just say yes or no, Well, you better turn the rice up to 13 because this boy is cooking. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Guy Montgomery. I'm taller than the average man and I can't wait to tell you about it. Look at all my limbs, they're huge. And ever so bendy. I'm a crazy dude. My mind doesn't work like your mind works. It's going from one idea to the next. <laughs> this is more I, mimicry than a rice bro. This is good content. I actually at this space I feel like I'm running out of steam fast. I'm sorry I did this without a team of writers. I was throwing myself from the right. Hi, I'm Tim Bet. I can do anything if you give me a chance. Just give me a chance to do it. I'll absolutely get the goddamn job done. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's a good idea is I'll start doing a roast right now without a team of writers behind me. God, I'm just doing it. I just do it anyway. It's going to go gangbusters because I'm a funny guy with a funny brain. It's not quite like yours. I argue drugs and I think about politics. Oh, and also son of religion, not as much politics. And vote for me. Pressing <laughs> so hard. A couple of baristas up there going, healthily there. God damn. I like well, you and I like this movie. This podcast is now about love. It's about friendship. It's so positive. It's such a good time. I love though, bro. Everyone in the third season was hanging on because they were like the depths of despair they were in with Sex and the City 2. I can't imagine what's going to happen with this next movie. Oh my goodness, another year of a movie they just like that they've got to watch every single week. But here's the thing no one anticipated, bruh. What if they put the fucking podcast format in its goddamn head? What if we discovered a film that was under-celebrated? What if we found out that Zach Efron was the greatest actor of our time? And that that catchfish, catchfish, cat, whatever is fucking... That catchfish. Catchfish, dude? What if he's the best director we've ever seen? And that's what we've discovered. It turns out, contrary to what we first believed... Judged by the trailer, which was four minutes long, of an hour and a half movie, which is a good portion of the film. It was we've, definitely about two minutes long. No, it's four minutes, no shit. That trailer's massive. Revisit it. You watched the Zac Efron YouTube channel trailer of the documentary nah. that he was making. You get off the beach. <laughs> we are your friends' trailers, two minutes. Get the Zac Efron doco trailer's four, I've seen it. Hey, I'm Zac Efron, and we'll come back to Mr. DJ. How do you? 
Disrespecting to the dojo. I think I know a second video content from this audio content because your mouth made a very disparaging shape. Regulating the one and true acting god Zach Efron. Anyway, my point is this movie's fucking dope. Everything's fucking dope. And guess what? If you don't like it, Sorry about it. Yeah. Everyone thinks this is a podcast about a guy and I exposing ourselves to a radioactive movie every week. Turns out season three isn't. Season three is about us discovering a movie that should have won Academy Awards and Oscars. <laughs> They're the same thing. Yeah. I think I meant to say Emmys. Just all of the awards that could have been possible. Golden Globes, why not? Fuck TV. TV is the old movies. Movies are the new TV. Give all of the awards to the Like, like, I checked Where out, I was looking at my phone for a bit. But you, I'm not on the level, man. But I've got these great notes here. Oh. I found them. And I'd like to do the shining light right now because we are, we've been talking for a long, longer than even the last thing. Yeah. Or film. Uh, and I'd like to bring up a scene in the movie which I don't think was probably, if any critic gave it a bad review, it was probably this scene was couched in the bad review. Because if you don't quite understand what the actors are doing, it probably doesn't read or watch that well. But if you get a feel for what the brief was from the director and the execution, I think it'll... The cash fish guy? Yeah, the cash fish guy. Uh, (laughs) He's throwing up fish with cash and going, action! And then he eats it, it's fucked. Anyway, (laughs) uh, there's a scene after Emily Sophie and Zakoli Troy have sex in Las Vegas and there's been a lot of build up to the scene there's a lot of uh, like tension and release it's very satisfying that finally had sex and they wake up in the morning and they're in bed and um, they both agree that what is a good idea and this is my shining light for the week by the way but I think it's a super good idea that they have some breakfast they think let's get some room service we're in a hotel in Las Vegas let's get some room service she says should we get room service that's exactly how and she goes down like fashion. And it's and it's totally you buy in absolutely and Zaggy Fron's like he looks straight down the camera and he's like, sometimes I like your room service and he turns back to Emerson and he says, Yes. And it's a beautiful sort of perfect moment. Uh, but then they get the room service and the brief from uh, Cash Fish guy was obviously just like Alright. You just gonna, what we're gonna do, Go. we haven't really written this part of the script. We've we're just got the cameras, we don't have a script. Go. We're going to give you guys some room service and just improv how you feel about the room service. And they give them a delicious breakfast and they both just sit there for a minute of the movie going, Oh my gosh, these pancakes are so young. <laughs> oh, he's not fucking around. Like, that's almost exactly verbatim the dialogue. Like, how are your pancakes? The pancakes are so young. Yeah, pancakes are great. Yeah. I love pancakes. It's crazy. It's crazy what pancakes are. Hey, you can't even believe how good these pancakes taste to me. I love pancakes so much. They're the best. Well, if you don't have a love contest with pancakes, I'll be every time. I will continue to because pancakes love them. <laughs> That's the quality. That's if the you want me to put my dick in some pancakes, it. I'll do it. What? Still, <laughs> so, uh, some character is a colleague. So that's your shining light. Um, again, man, and I know this isn't the first time I've brought this up, but I can't help but feel that you've gone against the spirit of what a shining light is. Like you've ironically picked a shining light, which is a bit where the movie falls down. To pick as a <laughs> Part of the reason I love the movie is they left room... So granted, so if you read uh, discussions around it, it was apparently entirely improvised. They didn't write a script. It was just all of them on set being like, wow, we better do something like today, boys. 
and then they just talk to each other. And then some fucking poor editor in a room was just like, I gotta do this, and they did it. But in this movie, it's like, okay, we've got a whole fucking storyline, we're gonna pack a bunch of shit in. And by the way, here's one scene just for you two. Just eat some food, we'll film it. We'll put it in. That's a promise. That's a fucking cash fish promise. And if you don't believe me, you better believe this. And then took a whole catfish filled with cash and just fucking ate it in one go. It's like, fuck. That's so intense, bruh. I love that shit. That's awesome. That's what the mighty boys would do. Yeah. We want to play the club tonight. They're like, we're better than that now. We've ascended. We just eat cash fish. Cash fish, season one. My shining light was the outdated MacBook, which we get a brief glimpse of, which doesn't even have island keys. Like, what is Cole playing at? How old is his laptop? I told you I'm this. I'm not even a Mac guy. I've never owned an Apple product in my life. But I saw that laptop, and I went... I told you this. A step out of time. When we were watching the movie, so they made a point of making this movie last year, and it was super, it's on the time and up to speed. And the reason he's got that old MacBook Pro that you deride so heavily is because he's like, they're, they're not doing that, they're living in the valley, like he's living at his friend's parents' house, like he's not super, he doesn't have all the kids. I get why, that, but he's not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> like that MacBook Pro is from about 2012. Dog. Tim also, like, later on in the movie, when you see a close-up of Zicoli on his phone, said, Wait, was that a Galaxy S3? <laughs> I did say that. This movie was made last fucking year. That is some bullshit. And in this moment, I'd like to just bring some credentials to the fold. My phone fucked out today because it is a phone from that era of the S3. I had an HTC, though. And this is like the fourth one I've been. It's broken again. No, it's the fifth one. Do you have shares with HTC? I almost bought them, but I don't have any money. Because you keep having to reinvest in HTC products every two years. Yeah. Keep it poor. (laughs) Sounds like a hell of a brand. We don't need to air this dirty laundry right now. Okay, uh, some other stuff you told me to write down. 99 homes. What does that mean? Quickly. It just means that. There's a bit in this film where they start descending into a subplot, like a like a B or a C storyline, where they all become <coughs> mortgagee brokers. This film was probably written in 2013, so we're dealing with the post-mortem of the financial crash, the GFC of 2008. Everyone's lost their homes, and these boys get taken in by a real boy. Who are good boys? A real Wolf of Wall Street type, who's a real property mogul, and his job is to recruit young Bucks to get people on the phone whose houses have all closed. Deer and humans. He hires the deer from Grown Ups 2 and yeah. in the office. There's four boys and a deer. And Lenny Fader comes in and he's like, What are you We're really running a good stream at the moment. We're, we're not on the same path. As you were. And right. 99, 99 Homes is a, a, a film which I'd fucking recommend to anyone. God, it's good. It's about. Um, the wake of the financial crisis and a person foreclosing on homes and just doing what they need to do to make a bit of cash but they do it on the other people's backs to get foreclosed on. And this movie briefly juts into that as a storyline and I think it's fucking cool, man. 
But it, so they get into this realm where the boys who we're following from LA all start working in an office like a bunch of plebeians and they have to wear a tie to work and shit. Kind of culture, baby. Oh, they hate it. Seen workaholics? It's kind of like that, but they care a little bit more about their jobs. Therefore, <laughs> closing on people. Cole has to rip a woman with a new baby out of her property. It's horrible. And it makes you feel something. Because Zach Efron's a good actor. <laughs> he sells it. So you're kind of briefly in this Wolf of Wall Street 99 home scenario, and it takes you back out, and suddenly you're in the drug fuel party atmosphere of... I like that as an, as an idea that this film touches all other films. So it's like they sort of open up the idea that it's like... It's oh, Studio 54. Hey. What is it? It's 99 Homes. <laughs> but it ain't. It's Titanic. There's no rose. <laughs> or a ship. Uh, <laughs> but I like the idea that it sort of addresses it's sort of like oh yeah and so then this global financial crisis happened and people were real mean about it and they made it like they made a lot of money by ripping people off and it's like yeah and they're obviously bad people and you should not like them and then they're like but everything works out and then they, you go and start doing drugs at a nightclub and they're like but everything works out fine with those people there's something about those people we've got some drugs to do at a nightclub <laughs> But then your mate dies. <laughs> and this seems like a joke, but we're going to end it there. <laughs> are we really? We really are, man. We really are. All power to us. Um, so, <laughs> what I'd say was... Oh, no, watch before you end it, one thing. It's really important I say this. Because I really felt it that the older DJ, James Reed, I don't know who plays him, but we'll, find, we'll figure it out by the we'll figure it out. Yeah, tooth watch. We've got ample opportunity. But, fuck, when you read that script, it's just some good-looking 40-something-year-old white dude. No, how dare you? He's 34 plus. That guy's a young guy. He plays late 30s in the film, which must young be... Young guy. Nah, I sorry, you go. Or maybe they cast him younger, because it feels like a lot of, like, pro, let's just be Hedon's propaganda. Make your point, make your point. <laughs> I am. It's all context, this is important stuff. The world is one way. After this conversation, it will forever be changed. And what I'm trying to say is, when you read the script, you must have just been like, yeah, that's a great role. <laughs> <laughs> so glad we gave him the oxygen. <laughs> but just, just as that guy, disaffected DJ, just like, hey, here's a role for you. You're going to yeah. get $2 million to play the role of a DJ who doesn't care about being a DJ anymore. It's like, no, oh, just get a show and sit. And just act like I don't care about anything that's happening on the set. And you're going to film me doing it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a fucking, that's free money. That is crazy. Yeah, it's real good. Do you think he did a good job, though? That's the real question. Yeah, because they literally cast... I guess they cast disaffected him in a, actor is the disaffected they, DJ. They cast that's him in a doco. Zach Efron went up to his friend, who was an unhappy older DJ, and said, do you want to be part of my documentary? And he said, absolutely. And then they just shot a buttload of footage and cut around it. Yes. And that's why it's a good movie. Oh, damn. I'm so glad we allowed for the last four minutes of that rather than closing it when I preferred to. <laughs> hey, thanks, Craig. I'm real glad we did it too. And I also really appreciate the positive energy you bring to this podcast. <laughs> hey, I think you're a really good guy. And you're so super time efficient. Like, all the time. I don't think you've ever sort of spoken about anything you know, for a long and inappropriate amount of time. And then sort of lost your way towards the end of the idea. 
fulfilling. You're always on the goddamn nose. And this is why I speak to you, so I'm really excited to keep talking to you and about you for, for another year. Hey, it's, you're, you're a cool guy, you've a pretty little face. You look great clean shaven, by the way. I think it's good for your cheeks. Everyone gets they got diamond cutters there, man. You can't cold on those, you come out as diamonds. And that's part of the reason why I speak so much as a, as a creator of content and also as a co-host of the podcast because whenever I have an idea that you might not agree with, you give it air and you accommodate it and you let me talk about it, think about it. And then at the end of it, you never make me feel silly or dumb about it. You always just go, hey, that was valid, bro. You're valid too. And we validate each other. And that's a big part of the reason why I speak. And why I think right now that so many people are still listening to the podcast and this particular part, because this is a real insight. This is a, I mean, behind the puppet show. We, you understand our relationship as friends, as co-hosts, and, and, and that you give me this air and this opportunity to say what I think, and I do the same for you, and it's reciprocal, and I think that's what's really important about our relationship uh, as friends, and, and that's what we are, I think, ultimately, as, as friends. And, uh, and, uh, and that's how I look at you, man, like whenever I see you, whenever I meet you, you know, it's a business meeting, or it's just a couple of boys hanging out with our parents, and having our first meal with all of our parents there at one table, and our parents don't really agree about a lot of stuff, and they're in a big fight, and, 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 and we're both worried that it's going to impact our relationship and our friendship and the whole podcast, maybe you should call the whole thing off, because you know, your dad doesn't like my dad, and, and, and your mum and your dad, and they don't really like my uncle, because he's a, he's a bad guy, and he got in a lot of bad... He, he big, big trouble, didn't he? And, he, and, he, and, they, and, they, and they and they and they put him away. And, but you and I, we're still sitting there. We're looking at each other, and there's that respect and that sort of mutual love. And I really appreciate that you week after week, you know, give me the opportunity. Uh, and no matter what time it is in the podcast, no matter when it is, we're wrapping things over. We're sort of putting a pin in it. And and you say to me, guy, I love you, man. Uh, and whatever you say, I'll never undermine you. I'll never make you feel like a dummy. And and you're a smart guy, and you've got a big heart. You're a good boy, and we're good boys. <laughs> and I fucking love it when you, when you give me that energy, bro. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.